Well, hello, and welcome to the episode called Sarah Fixing Her Hair. <laughs> I, know. I like how you got that bit in at the beginning. I just kind of threw this on her. I said, hey, by the way, why don't you jump in and record this like about one minute before we recorded it. So this is officially, what episode number is this, Sarah? I'm going to ask you. Oh, no. You're, <laughs> you're the producer. Come on, produce a number. <laughs> Give me a number. 214. Uh, it is episode 214. So this is a special episode, which is uh, by and for our sponsors. We've had four real core main sponsors this year, and then one additional one that kind of popped in for a few episodes. Um, you know, I will tell you, uh, so all four of those core sponsors are included in this podcast. I wanted, or we wanted to hear directly from our sponsors. Basically, what do you think about the State of the Union? Where do you think we're headed uh, as an industry this year? And, um, you know, really uh, gratitude, like just to thank them. And, and uh, you know, I keep saying it, but without sponsors, you know, if I had to do all the work myself without the lovely Sarah and also, you know, without even having the bills paid, um, because it does cost money to produce a, a podcast, whether you, you know that or not, it really does cost money. And um, so, I mean, really, the sponsors make it happen. We're very uh, happy. We're very proud. We're very grateful for those sponsors, especially, you know, and I hate to call out any individual sponsors, but Elation and Act have been with us since the very beginning of this podcast four or five years ago. Very supportive. We're very appreciative for both of them, uh, but for everyone. And so um, also... Sarah is actually reaching out to a bunch of new sponsors right now because we're planning to add, I think, two to four new sponsors this yeah. year. And um, that doesn't take away from or devalue or water down the sponsorship value. It actually, uh, we're changing how we're representing sponsors and making sure that, I think you've seen recently, especially with Sarah coming in, you know, she's stepping up social media uh to present those sponsors and thank them and, and everything else. So uh, anything you yeah, want to add? More, basically. Yeah, there's going to be more of everything. Um, yeah. When, you know, sponsors come on board, you know, we want to be seen every day. You know, you may get sick of us, but we want you to see us every day. And we do want to show our appreciation to the sponsors. Yep. And, you know, even since I've, I've what, just over a month now, I've been on board and, you know, the, Everyone's been so lovely to me, you know, they're sort of responding to me, all the rest of it. So it's been fabulous. And then when we came up with this idea for this podcast, uh, Marcel was like, yep, let's do it. And again, yeah. we've got everyone on board. So it's great for everyone to see them as well. Oh, this was your idea. And, and it's a great idea because uh, the conversations I've had so far with three of the sponsors and, and uh, we're about to do the fourth one right now before uh, uh, this gets published next week, I guess. Um, and right. so, yeah, great idea. We're going to continue doing things like this, calling on the sponsors for more information, uh, you know, getting people who work for those sponsors to come in and, and talk to us, not because we owe it to the sponsors or anything, but because they're all interesting people. I mean, if you think of who our sponsors are now, you, you've got, uh, you know, Eric Loader at Elation and the rest of the people at Elation, uh, Ben Salzman at ACT and the rest of the people at ACT, Mike Cannon, everyone knows Mike Cannon. Uh, you know, Dan Anderson, we had on, uh, or Daniel, sorry, 
we yeah, had on uh, this episode as well. Great guy. So, yeah, I mean, we want to hear from these people, and, and uh, it makes for interesting uh, chats. And to be quite honest with you, from these chats, I think that we'll end up doing, like, a whole episode, you know, because everyone's chat was so good, and it wasn't just about their businesses. It was about everything. So, yeah. you know, what's yeah. the space for more? Well, there yeah. are loads more. Well, I mean, again, as if you look at, you know, these chats that you're about to hear here, uh, you know, basically roughly 20 to 30 minutes per company, four companies, um, very different companies. Two are, are what you would probably call rental companies. One is a dry hire rental company, very large one, Mainlight. Uh, the other one is a small regional uh, rental company primarily focused on uh, uh commercial or industrial events, corporate events, and uh, all just very, very different answers to leading manufacturers slash distributors um, who are both, you know, multi-hundred million dollar companies, not small companies. And so to get everyone's viewpoints is is just really fantastic. And I'm glad we shoved this all into one episode. You're forgetting Brad as well from Gear Source. Ah, <laughs> yes, we do have Brad. the, the lovely Brad. I keep forgetting about Brad. Yeah, there's five. Well, I try not to give too much credit to Gear Source, even though it pays most I of the bills. Know, yeah, it pays most of the bills. So, uh, yes, there is Gear Source, is our fifth sponsor. I keep forgetting about them. So, um, so yeah, I mean, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and get these talks started. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Well, hello there, Mr. Eric. How are you? I'm doing well, Marcel. How are you? I'm great. Merry Christmas, buddy. Merry Christmas. Are we allowed to yeah. say that? Yeah, we're allowed to say Absolutely. that. We're both, uh, Absolutely. We're both Absolutely. Christians. Um, how'd it go? This is uh, being recorded on what we Canadians and Europeans would call Boxing Day. Um, well, I guess Brits, too, because they're no longer Europeans, supposedly. Which I argue with my girlfriend about that all the time, by the way. She says, no, we're still Europeans. We're just not part of the EU. And I'm like, well, isn't that Europe? But, uh, yeah, that one's to it's be good. continued. Christmas, Christmas is good. You know, it's different now. When your kids get older, you know, it's not as exciting as it used to be. But yeah. uh, it's, you know, just get good getting the family together. You know, we're going to see the rest of our family for New Year's. And then, cool. um, you know, I got to play golf. So that was always fun. Well, know. there's a shocker. How many rounds have you played since uh, you closed up office? No, just one. I actually I hurt my oh, back wow. a little bit uh, yesterday, but I did some therapy. I feel better today. So I hurt my back every time I play golf. It's got something to do with <laughs> swinging way too hard and thinking I'm Tiger Woods. Yeah, no, I don't think it was the golf that you know. Oh. Just get just getting old. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard to do anything anymore, like without tons of pre work and after work and. You know, because like skiing, I've I've been skiing since I was seven, eight years old, I think, and I ski pretty well. But now, I'll do one or two runs, and I'm dead. I'm like ready for a hot tub, you know, and I don't know what to do about it. Like, I guess I could do skiing exercises for three months before I go skiing for three days. But the problem is, most of the friends that I ski with up in Canada, they ski a hundred days a year. I ski four. Can't keep, you know? can't keep up with them, yeah. No, yeah. you just, you don't have those muscles anymore, you know, or, or they just don't stay as fresh as they did when I was younger, you know, like when I was 
mm-hmm. even 40, I could, I could go skiing three days a year and have no trouble. Yeah. I'd be a little sore the second day or whatever, but I get it. Believe me. So you've got your daughter back from England, from college in England. So that's gotta yeah, be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's, you know, she's doing good. She's ready to, you know, enter her second semester, I guess they call it or whatever there. And it's, um, exciting. So yeah. she's happy. She's doing well. And it's not like, uh, kicking her ass. <laughs> it's not like, no, way, way it, too hard. it's interesting. Actually the load, it seems like the first semester workload was very mild and they mm-hmm. kind of told her, listen, you're going to, we're going to start you slow, but second semester, you, she's got two more classes and things really pick up. So yeah, I think, I think it's good. I like that, that they start, especially when you're studying, you know, internationally, um, it's a lot, a lot of change. Right. So yeah. but I think in general, I think for college kids coming in, I, you know, they all like to party and go out and drink and do all that stuff. So they get that yeah. out of their system first semester and then, okay, time to buckle down. And she hasn't introduced you to, uh, her new British boyfriend yet or anything? Not yet. Not no. yet. That's good. It's so, coming. Yeah. It's coming, <laughs> Pop. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's coming. <laughs> All kids grow up, unfortunately. It's nice. Uh, I, I think we talked before we started recording or maybe just when we started recording about how it's changed. And, you know, it's very much the same for me. Like the present opening ceremony was very short <laughs> And, uh, you know, then he's gone off driving his sim in exactly. his room or whatever and or dealing with his friends or something. So, uh, yeah, it's just not the same. It used to be a whole day event. Now it's 10 minutes and gone. Yeah, exactly. So, except for meals when they get hungry. Hey, I was going to ask you, and this is uh, more to talk a little bit about the industry and stuff, but I wanted to ask you, I saw on social media recently the uh, St. Louis Arch had been mm-hmm. lit by some uh, Proteus something or other. Proteus, which one? Brutus. Brutus. By the way, have you listened to my bloopers yet? <laughs> yeah, I listened to that. You I bastard. know you love, our, you love our Proteus series. Oh, my God. What you guys have you to do like... is bef- before sending me those promos, read them out loud. <laughs> like, just read well, it we out loud. It, we say it every day. We say it every day, so it's easy for us. So Yeah. Yeah. No, these are, sure. there's a uh, 70, 76 Proteus Brutus now permanently installed at the St. Louis Arch. Okay. Um, they turned it on uh, last week or yeah, maybe 10 days ago now. And uh, you remember Michael O'Keefe from yeah, TPI? Of course. So he, he did the project. Um, you know, he, uh, a year ago he came to me and said, Eric, you got this new light that's 70,000 lumens and I think it'll work great on this project. Can we do a mock-up? And I said, sure. So in November we went and did a mock-up, uh, with six units, uh, last year. And, uh, you know, it showed it to the committee that's in charge of the gateway arch and, and the designer and all that. And, uh, they were impressed. They're impressed. So, you know, as most things do, it takes a while to get done and yeah. finally got installed and, uh, and it's, it looks great. So a couple of questions. One, I mean, I'm assuming that this became a much easier solution than the alternatives, which, you know, we both know in the past would have been some sort of either xenon or, or, yeah. you know, metal halide or something that obviously yeah. wouldn't do some of the cool things that you're doing. And then part two yeah. is, what kind of cool things are you doing? Like they're not just sitting stationary in white, are they? Well, for now they are. Um, yeah. You know, it, it because it's a national monument, 
uh, it literally takes an act of Congress to make any change to how you light it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they have done different things in the history. They've, they've lit the arch up for years with different technologies, but, yeah. and, but they would put, they would put gels on the lights or they would, you know, do different things. Um, but now, you know, obviously, you know, LEDs finally bright enough to do this application. Yeah. Uh, and of course the lights can do a lot more than what they're using them for. Um, yeah. but they have, they have a lot of experience now having, you know, maintained a lighting system there for however long Yeah, they know what works, what works and doesn't. And yeah. the fact that they are automated fixtures helps them park them in a position where, you know, birds don't go on the lens and, you know, uh, you know, vandals and, and, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, vandals and different things. So, you know, I think they've, you know, you know, let's, let's see how it goes, but it's, they'll be able to do a bunch of cool stuff when you, when they turn it on every night, it actually fades up, you know, they've controlled it where it fades up and fills the arch in the 32nd time sequence. So that's oh, really that's cool. cool. Yeah. So for people that want to go there and kind of watch it turn on, it's, you know, instead of just kind of dimming up. Yeah. I would guess before. at some point that they will probably like allow companies or people or, uh, associations to like either bid for or request uh color you know pink for breast cancer and those types of things yeah i think national holidays would be you know on the table fourth of july that kind of stuff and, yeah uh, and you know maybe for certain causes um yeah i don't think they want i don't think they'll commercialize it necessarily but uh, no because it's a national monument but i think you know the fact that they went from seven thousand watt fixtures to 1200 watt fixtures they're saving a lot of energy um and you know i think they you know they just the flexibility they'll have with the system now is, is pretty yeah cool. well i remember when i provided an led package to the miami tower um one of the earliest things that started happening is companies the miami dolphins uh like sports franchises movies uh so i remember bad boy i think it was bad boy 2 or something wanted the building a certain color for a certain scene of the movie and they charged an enormous amount of money to just like go doink <laughs> and change the color of the entire building right so. yeah it'll be interesting to see if like you know the st louis blues or the cardinals or you know yeah, one of the one of the sports teams will want to get it colored if they're in the World Series or whatever. Right. So yeah. you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens. And it just it's, comes down. It's to exciting. You know, it's one of those it's one of those projects for me that you know I was happy to be involved in the beginning. Michael came to me. We known Michael for twenty years plus. Yeah. I think we took him. Did we take him to Denmark? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But uh, you know, we've known Michael a long time, and that he, the fact that he came to me and and yeah. you know my team, we went and did it and we got the deal. And well, it, the and fact it's, you it's had like, a light called the I, Brutus probably didn't uh, hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Brutus it needed to be, it needed to to be a bright light. Badass. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It needed to be bright. How, how tall is the like center point of the arch? Without going to Wikipedia, I think it's 650 feet or 600. Oh, it's geez. up there. Yeah. It's tall. Yeah. Wow. And all the lights are mounted underground in these kind of pits um, that, you know, you have access to and all that and drainage and pump systems and all that. So it's, it's pretty cool. The lights shoot through these metal grates and, you know, there's some on the West side, but I think there's 48 fixtures on the West side, the St. Louis side of the arch. And then there's okay. 20, 28 fixtures on the East side, which is the Illinois side of the arch. Hmm. So pretty, pretty impressive, pretty impressive thing to see. 
Yeah, that's very cool. Congratulations. That's a cool project. I mean, it, you know, we're getting older. It's one of those ones that you look back and you go, oh, I remember that, you know, and it'll pop up in your memories every year on Facebook and you'll post it again. You know, I mean, anytime you light that iconic a building or a monument, especially like that one, that's proud moment. That's bigger than just a job, right? Uh, you've For sold sure. bigger jobs sure. than 72 lights, but probably not many bigger than this from a standpoint of, you know, just what it means. Right. So it's cool. Very cool. Congrats. Yeah. So you. I just have, uh, I have basically a few questions that I'm sort of asking, uh, everyone, uh, all of our sponsors. So you're obviously, first of all, thank you very much for being one of our, probably our very first, if not one of the first sponsors of our podcast and stuck mm-hmm. with us, uh, through thick and thin through COVID through all kinds of things. And we appreciate you. We appreciate elation. Uh, and, uh, I always enjoy having you on the podcast, of course, even the one time where you had to record it twice in full uh, on your 50th birthday. On on my birthday, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, which I will never forget, (laughs) believe me. (laughs) You talk to me about stories that I repeat, and that's definitely one of them because (laughs) it sucked. (laughs) That was terrible. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But um, so speaking of 2023, sort of the results in our industry, like what, what our industry looked like, uh, would you say that 2023 was better than expected, worse than expected, or as expected? Well, I, th- I don't think any of us expected a lot of the events that happened in 2023. Um, going into the year, I think we were all very bullish. You know, 2022, I think for everybody, was a record year because of all the pent-up demand. Yeah. Uh, because of, you know, the shutdown and COVID and all that. Um, you know, so 2022 is one of the the years that will be the new, you know, it's going to be, how do we get back to that level? I think, you know, going forward uh, because there was so much pent up demand. I think we were all hopeful going in. We were all hopeful going to 20. Oh, we have, we're going to grow 10%, 20%, 23. I mean, I'd be surprised if, if many companies, unless you had a standout product or finally got to delivering to us, you know, maybe you didn't deliver as much as you could in 22 and now you're delivering in 23. Um, But for us, I, you know, I think we would have been happy to be flat this year or up a little bit, um, you know, and we are not, we're just below that, but I, overall for us, it's a good year. So yeah, I, I, we can't, especially when you consider, you know, there's two wars going on. There's the, the interest rates. There's, we had the film TV strike, which was a big gut punch to a lot no of our industry. Yeah. We I forget mean, about some that of ours, one already. <laughs> well, some yeah. Of I, you know, the, 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 uh, manufacturers that really focus on that market, I think took a big hit this year. Um, And fortunately, Elation, we're we're pretty diversified into a lot of different verticals. So yeah, it it affected our business. But what uh, about Ari? Like with the timing of uh, buying Clay Packy and then boom, all of a sudden that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely you have to have a strong stomach to to weather. I mean, it's almost another COVID type event for that industry because it shut down. It shut down. Well, and in some sense, worse. I mean, I don't know, like in some sense worse because it's completely shut down. Yeah, yeah. crazy. Well, there was there was some stuff still happening, game yeah. shows and things that didn't need a lot of scripts. But, uh, but the film industry, they had a lot in the can from 22. So I think, you know, that's why it lasted so long. Uh, but now they're back. And I think that'll help us next year. Um, yeah. You know, I think interest rates, 
you know, we, we expected a lot of people to still invest in 23. And I think the rental companies started to realize, whoa, you know, money's, money's a lot more now. And we're just going to try and use what we can. We're going to, you know, keep our commitments on purchasing what we plan to purchase, but we're not going to go crazy this year and buying. Right. Well, and add, uh, add to that, um, you know, the fact that they had to start paying back the cheap money that they got during COVID, you know, the timing was during this year that most companies had to start paying that money back. And there was a lot of debt taken on by our industry uh, at that time. So a lot of people, a lot of people had purchased in 22 for the 2023 tours, right? So a lot of, a lot of the buying we saw last year was actually for business this year. Yeah. All the big stadium, stadium tours that were out there that had thankfully a lot of our lights on it, you know, that stuff was bought in 22. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did Matthias or you or somebody see this all coming with these crazy number of stadium shows? Or was that just incredibly good luck that you happened to have an outdoor, very bright fixture? No, I mean, you know, design d- designers, you know, came to us a few years ago and said, listen, you know, especially after COVID, more and more shows were going outside. People felt more comfortable going to shows outdoors. So because of our Proteus range, we knew that, you know, and we had seen a lot of success on Proteus Maximus um, in 2021, well, 20 not, but 21, 22. Um, you know, I think we we knew that there was more appetite for big outdoor fixtures. And, you know, Proteus Hybrid, we launched in 2017. Um, and, you know, so we've already been on the market for five years with that product, had a lot of experience. So we just grew that line. LED, again, got bright enough to be now you know, in an outdoor fixture. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we still have discharge lamp. We just launched the Proteus Hybrid Max, which is the evolution of Proteus Hybrid. And, you know, it's smaller, it's brighter, it's faster, it's less money, you know. So, I mean, the technology's caught up now, five years later, six years later almost, that, uh, you know, the discharge lamps are still viable for being hybrid fixtures, but everything else is LED. And, yeah. um, you know, the tours are, the tours are benefited from it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, it's an interesting, uh, interesting point. And I mean, for sure, Elation went hard and heavy on, uh, on IP stuff, I think before pretty much anyone else did, like where you had sort of a full range of product before anybody. For moving heads. Yeah. Yeah. Moving moving heads. I mean, you know, give credit where credit's due. SGM was the first to to push it that envelope. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think, we were able to we they were led and it wasn't bright enough so we went discharge and it was bright enough and and we you know then led caught up so now moving on to 2024 um same questions you know your expectations from the industry not necessarily elation's business because i know that that might be secret or whatever but um do you anticipate growth and if so uh what sort of percentage is it going to grow by 10%, 5%, whatever? Is it going to drop um, or is it going to stay flat for next year? I mean, I think we're, we're targeting growth next year. I think, you know, with interest rates supposedly starting to come down, um, you know, it is an election year for us here in the U.S. Um, it doesn't really affect the rest of the world, but I think it'll be an interesting year from that perspective. Uh, there'll be a lot of... Um, uh, you know, money spent on that. Um, yeah. I think the TV film, the TV film business will be back. Um, you know, there's been a lot of investment coming into this industry. If you follow, 
you know, the PIF, Saudi, you know, they, they, they've invested into the Live Golf and they've invested in the Live Nation. They've invested yeah. in entertainment. I see, I see lots of lighting designers flying. Yeah. To, lighting, lighting designers are flying back and forth to Saudi all the time from Europe or from the U.S. So there's a lot of investment going on in entertainment. So I, I would expect the industry to do well in 24. Yeah, I, it, that's another great point. I have a, I've been in talks with a, uh, a UK-based financier who um, is very anxious to uh, invest in a uh, startup that I'm uh, about to get started on here. And um, we've been talking a lot about specifically Saudis who are extremely excited about the live event space and especially the technology side of it. And so um, yeah. that's been an interesting talk where they're just like, you know, hurry, we want to give you our money. <laughs> you know, how much can mm -hmm. we give you? Uh, and of course, you have to show good growth and everything else. But uh, they're for very sure. excited for our industry. And that's a good sign. And I mean, look at the look at the F1 thing in, in Vegas, yeah, you know, crazy. And, I mean, Vegas is just unbelievable. You know, the, the amount of growth that's going on there and uh and it just, you know, doesn't seem to stop. And the, and the city seems to be handling it pretty well. Yeah. Well, except for F1. <laughs> F1 kind of well, broke the city for a few, few weeks. Yeah. It made it'll it be pretty messy. Next year. Yeah. But that, that whole sphere, the whole sphere project, I mean, just everything yeah. going on there. That hey, speaking cool. of, uh, speaking of Live Nation, did you see the article, uh, Rapino with the, um, uh, I don't remember the exact numbers, but he was talking about how artists now have 10 million followers. And he says his job is easy because all he has to do is sell tickets to 5% of those followers and he sells out an entire tour. And uh, I found that to be a really interesting because that's where he's showing his growth is coming from, tapping harder into those artists' social media platforms. That's I haven't seen that article, but that... Totally I'll send it sense. to you. I'll totally send it to you. Sense. It's a really yeah. interesting article. Uh, it, really interesting. I mean, and again, maybe they're just looking for incremental growth or something. I don't know. But uh, but I never looked at it like that. Like there's just so much more capacity and there's such a hunger for live music. And uh, mm -hmm. he also looks at it as streaming, being a part of that. Streaming plays a role. But most people who are following somebody on social media are really excited to get out and see them live. And, and I think that's a good trend for, for our business as well. For sure. For and sure. then finally, um, give me a prediction. Give me, give me Eric's big, uh, big thought for 2024, a product trend, a market trend, or even the Beatles or, or Led Zeppelin are getting back together. <laughs> uh, and both of those bands are going to run out of players soon, so they better hurry. I guess if ACDC can do it with like one or one or two originals, uh, probably Led Zeppelin and the Beatles could as well. But um, so yeah, anything? Well, I think I think you know I went to a show at a House of Blues not too long ago, um, and. You know, I think the small shows are going to come back, you know, the because going to a big stadium tour, you can only afford that, you know, once, twice a year kind of thing to take the whole family. I, but I think you can afford going to a house of smaller venue shows, I think are going to make a comeback uh, this year. Um, and it's, you know, lower cost for the production. You know, there's lots of benefits for these artists. So I think, you know, that you've seen the casino shows, the, the any casino tour bands and, and all that kind of stuff last couple of years. Um, and that's done well for us as, you know, also, but I think the smaller venues, um, 
I think we'll see a, a comeback on those. The nightclub business, you know, also has not been amazing the last few years. Um, and I think we'll see some of that start to come back too. Hmm. The smaller shows I think have been happening. It's just, we've been paying so much attention to the big ones, but uh, you know, like as an example, the hard rock here, which I guess would be a middle size show, the, the hard rock uh, yeah. live or whatever it's called here, the live venue at, at the hotel. Um, mm-hmm. But that, that place is booked constantly. Like they're buying every artist that comes anywhere near Florida, they're buying it. And there might be four concerts a week in that place sometimes. And uh, like more than I've ever seen at any venue. So maybe yeah, that's a little yeah. larger than what you're talking about. You're talking House of Blues size, small Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, 3,000 and under yeah. you know, small venues. I mean, yeah. I, that's where my daughter wants. My daughter wants to go see shows there. She doesn't want to go see shows at uh, stadiums, you know? I kind of agree with her. I'd much rather see a band in a small mm-hmm. venue. And mm-hmm. uh, the problem now is, though, that it's such a cash grab for the bands to to do these 360 deals with Live Nation and and do the bigger venues, sell as many tickets as you can, as fast as you can. And selling into a smaller venue, you're going to get the up and coming acts, the new acts, which is probably what's more interesting for her anyways. Yeah. But an up and coming back act can explode so fast now with Spotify and, you know, all these other channels. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's interesting. I think it'll be, I think that'll be a trend. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Van Halen. I'm excited, you know, to see if some of the older bands get together and go out. Sammy Hagar, Van Daniel, Halen. it's going to be cool. Oh, you yeah, mean the Sammy, Sammy Hagar one? Although they yeah. they got kind of a gut punch with the whole. I don't know if you saw the Satriani thing where he butchered uh, what song was it? Unchained, I think, and uh, and just got slaughtered on social media for it. You know, everyone was like, "Oh my God, Joe, what are you doing to this song? You've destroyed it." And he came out and acknowledged, "Hey, I did a pretty bad job. I'm back into guitar lessons now, figuring it out." You know. Well, they're going to rehearse. They're going to rehearse and polish it. Yeah. For sure, right. Well, they did it live so. on like, uh, I think it was on Howard Stern or something. And uh, yeah, it just didn't go well at all. So. I mean, I... Yeah. yeah. I don't know if, you know, like NSYNC is, there's rumors about that. And you know, there's oh, like really? two bands that'll get together. Hmm. Interesting. And bonus question, you know, not only have you been a sponsor of ours since the very beginning of time, but you've been a listener. I mean, you were one of the first listeners too. you. You've always been uh, very kind about sharing your opinions with me, even when they're not so kind. And um, I appreciate that, by the way. But I, I always have liked that you've got a long commute to work. I'm sure you don't like it as much as I do, but you often listen to the podcast and then you'll either call me or send me a text when you get to your office or something and you'll say, Hey, this was really good. I like this. I didn't like this or whatever. Um, who would you like to see us uh, bring on geezers of gear in 2024? Anyone? Well, I mean, like we talked about Michael O'Keefe earlier, he might be a, a good one to talk to. He's been in the business a long time and comes yeah. kind of from a different, different part of our industry um, than the rock and roll side that I think we, we tend to focus more on. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. You know, I love hearing designers, you know, the, the designers um, again, you know, they, they manage so much uh, politics and relationships and, you know, not only with their customers, but with their vendors. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think, 
the designers really offer you. I'd love to hear more designers for sure. Right? I mean, I know cool. that you always try. They were all so busy. You know, that's one thing I will say about LDI this year was I saw more designers this year than I've seen in a long time. And I think it was the timing of the, the you know, end of the yeah. year, but also the, be the Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. You know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So I think that was the designers really came to LDI this year. And that was the best part for me of, of LDI this year. I've heard they're booked for the same dates or the same basic weekend or whatever or weekdays it's or... the following weekend but yeah it's a sunday monday tuesday but it's the 8th 9th 10th i think yeah don't quote me but i think it's something like I that i think you're Instead right the third fourth or sixth third fourth whatever yeah. it was no i think i think you're right i i hope they keep it there i mean it, it seems to be a little easier i always hated sort of that week of thanksgiving uh mm-hmm. actually it worked out great for me because i'd go straight from vegas up to canada and uh, it was a really short flight to get up to my house, and I'd go skiing for a few days. And it's not Thanksgiving in Canada at that time, so the ski hills are empty. And so it worked out really well. Um, yeah, but- most of the designers, you know, are working so hard, and people in production are working so hard leading up to Thanksgiving and even into Christmas. A lot of our, a few of our customers couldn't come yeah. because they're doing big Christmas shows. But you know, I think it's 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 there's never a perfect time. You gotta, you know, you gotta kind of just pick it. And I think LDI is going to be in this time slot for a while because of F1. Yeah, you're right. If, if you could help me give a nice little poke to Matthias because he promised to come on and then he's always busy and I know you keep him really busy, but uh, I want to get him on. I I think he's a brilliant guy. He's obviously somebody Mm -hmm. that people would like to hear from. I've actually had people request me to get Matthias on and uh so give him a poke <laughs> give him a poke do that that's a 2024 yeah. goal yeah yeah no i'd love to get matthias on i think it'd be really interesting cool. cool well i appreciate you eric and and uh merry christmas happy new year all that stuff and uh hopefully i get to see you soon too thank you marcel let's do it all right my friend see ya well hey dan how are you i'm doing well marcel how about yourself i'm okay merry christmas and uh merry christmas to you as well before I screw it up, is it Dan or Daniel? Because I've seen both. Uh, Daniel is preferred. My dad's okay. name is Dan, and I had a best friend's name that was Dan, and it just got confusing. So Daniel works the best. Then forever you shall be known as Daniel. It, Great. You know, most people like you are are pretty sort of meh about it, like you don't really get upset or anything. I have a friend whose name is Michael. And God forbid I call him Mike. I mean, it's like the end of the earth. He's like, I don't call you Mark. I don't call, you know, and I'm like, okay, sorry, you are Michael. That's right. Forever ingrained as Michael. That's right. Exactly. Well, I mean, believe it or not, as much as I offend some people, I I try hard not to usually, you know, I, I, uh, I generally try to call people by the name they want, unless we get into all those pronouns and stuff. And then it gets a little weird, but anyways yeah so uh good christmas presumably absolutely yeah uh no complaints for me it's always kind of uh one of those times to rest and reset but you're always rushing around to see family so grateful for the opportunity to see family that we did a little bit of a break and now we're diving uh into the new year celebration and into a great 2024 yeah i mean our our industry you talk about that little break in our industry tries really hard to check out at this time but it's so hard i mean there's just so many things going on and we are in the live event space right so uh but i know what like one of the things i love and always have for my 30 plus years in business 
um, about this time of year is sort of that reflection and looking ahead planning and all of that stuff. So, you know, it's a combination of looking backwards and looking forward to see, you know, what, what can we do better based on what has happened in the past 12 months. And I know for my own business, that's a long list. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're the same and we're going to hear some of that, but before we do, um, so first of all, thank you very much for being a sponsor of Geezers of Gear. We appreciate you very much. And uh, I can tell you without sponsors, I wouldn't be doing this show because not because I make money from it, because I certainly don't. But uh, although I'd like to someday, um, <laughs> but it does cover the costs. And, you know, now we we have uh, a second uh, mouth to feed, which really is our first mouth to feed, which is Sarah. And, um, uh, you know, Sarah has taken on a lot of the production. Believe it or not, I've done this entirely by myself. I. I upload, download, promote, record everything uh, I had to be doing by myself. And so now Sarah has taken on, I don't know, 70% of that work. And I do, uh, I do the easy stuff like talking to great people. Uh, So (laughs) we do appreciate you, but um, you're probably one of the lesser known sponsors that we have. Give me a, give me an elevator pitch on who is Stratum. What do you do? Absolutely. So we're a boutique production company located in the Midwest, Lincoln, Nebraska, specifically. Um, primarily help event planners and meeting planners host corporate events. Um, we do a little bit as far as venue management and uh, live event music wise, um, but primarily we stay in that corporate space, really have a passion for just partnering with people and helping them um, execute memorable events that captivate communicate and connect human beings. Because at the end of the day, I think that's really what we uh, exist for in the event space. Um, if we can build a connection, if we can communicate a message really, really well, or we, if we can captivate an audience, uh, I think that that's really what we should all be driven by and motivated by. I mean, that's a great way to say it. And, you know, I guess one of the things that surprises me a little bit, I didn't really know that there was much of a corporate or convention business in Nebraska. And so are you traveling outside Nebraska a lot or is it really a vibrant market within Nebraska? I mean, I wouldn't call it vibrant. I I would say it's growing. Lincoln uh, is kind of known as the the Silicon Prairie. There's a lot of startups here that are doing well in the tech industry. Um, Omaha is just 50 miles down the road from us. Omaha has a much more vibrant space, um, but we do well for, for ourselves in the area. We do travel quite a bit across the uh, United States, North America specifically. Um, but by and large, most of our business is probably within a day's drive of, of Lincoln. And uh, like I said, we just, oh. we love partnering with people in the Midwest. We, we align with a lot of those values. We, um, know that business model. So being able to help and support people locally is crucial for our business. Yeah. Well, I, I follow you on socials and, uh, I can say that you do some amazing work from, from the pictures and articles I've read and stuff. Um, and you also have been very active on social media. You also were a company that, uh, I noticed coming out of COVID um, just seem to have better ideas than a lot of other businesses who sort of kind of creeped out of COVID. You kind of went boom out of COVID and really seemed to have a game plan. Uh, was that by accident or? I mean, 
I don't think anything's by accident. I think that we really set ourselves up for success in 2020. Um, this is something I, I tell people still to this day is I'm thankful for 2020. Um, as difficult Thank as you. that was, as challenging as that was, um, it made me a better business owner. It made me a better um, just overall technician. There's so many good things that have come out of that. Although it was a bad situation, um, I think that we were able to actually grow our company through that um, year, which is- wow. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, it's it's not uh, a standard or a common thing that you hear. So um, I think just applying a lot of intentionality to who we want to service, uh, having a good product or if not a great product to be able to offer to somebody and just continue to plan and move forward. I mean, I think a lot of what 2020 was spent for me specifically as the owner was um, strategizing and building like, okay, this is going to end at some point. It's yeah. how do we, how do we come out of this and how do we not fall flat on our face, uh, in doing that? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, and, uh, I'm glad you said that because, you know, so many companies, most companies in our industry will look back at 2020 and say, Oh my God, that was the worst time ever. And, you know, one of the problems I had during that period of time was with the people who just took it as downtime. And, you know, I'm not judging anyone. I'm not saying that's a bad thing or whatever. But in my opinion, if you're a business owner or a salesperson or a technician or a, you know, a, a programmer, board operator, whatever, upskill, <laughs> you know, use that time Absolutely. to learn another console, to learn another language, to, you know, teach your children something, whatever it is, but find something productive to do with an incredible opportunity for a business that has no time to do anything, right? We're always busy. And so, you know, you had this, this sort of pocket of time where you could do anything you wanted. And so many people chose, you know, Netflix. And, and uh, honestly, I just think that was wasted time in that, in that situation. So. Oh, I, I would wholeheartedly agree. I think the thing that was beautiful about what our industry did in 2020 is that they, a lot of the training became free. Yeah. There were so many resources put out there. I mean, the opportunity to learn in that yeah. year was, I mean, the the risk tolerance or, or the barrier to entry was nothing. You didn't have to yeah. pay to go learn how to program on a grand MA because ACT waived those fees for the year. Yeah. There were yeah. all of this free training. So uh, to your point, I think it is very interesting how a lot of people did maybe neglect that downtime as, yeah. okay, let's, let's take a breath when um, they could have been utilizing some of that time to just yeah. uh, maybe sharpen their skills a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and how about, you know, using that time to learn to break things or to fail, you know, like try things that you wouldn't try when you're slammed uh, busy, but now you can go out and try those things and nobody cares if you fail at this point, like big deal. You know, I tried something, I looked stupid, move on to the next thing. I know some really stupid ones that I won't bring up right now, but there were some really <laughs> weird pivots and stuff that didn't do very well. And I'm sure those people would look back and go, ah, you know what? I tried something. It didn't work. And that's how I Absolutely. look at it too, by the way. So yeah. fast sure. forwarding here a little bit. So, uh, you know, I'm sure like everyone else, 2021 was sort of that coming out year when, when business started coming back, 2022 went nuts. And then 2023, uh, you know, I would assume for your business was was similarly crazy to 2022. And because you're so much more focused on on corporate, 
um, it probably took a little bit longer to get to that mayhem, like concert touring and stuff got real big in, in 21 and 22. I think corporate took a little longer uh, to come out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we stabilized a lot more in 2023 than we did uh, in 2022. 2022 was, uh, I mean, revenue wise, I think we, we six uh, had a multiple of six as far as growth revenue wise. So that was just a, an absolute crazy growth year for us. Um, and then this year we haven't seen that same growth. We've, we've seen growth, but it's not been the, the running and gunning that we saw of 2022. So um, I think it, it has taken more time. I think people have kind of leveled off as far as their desire to host events. Yeah. Um, I think they're being more strategic about it. I think that there's a lot of pieces that are being considered now instead of, Hey, let's just rush back to get people back in a room. Let's uh, let's put some thought into this, whether that is the the concert and touring or the corporate space, both those spaces have um, in my opinion and my perspective have taken a little bit of a different um, stance this year, as far as let's, let's do this well, let's get it out there, create something incredible mm -hmm. instead of just seeing how many arenas we can hit or how many ballrooms we can fit in. Yeah. So, you know, and by the way, that's not uncommon. You know what you just said, like I, I have spoken to many companies who say that 23 was just crazy, a record year, you know, biggest ever, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, people have said either we lost a little bit off 22 or we gained a little bit on 22. But it was a very similar year to 2022, except much more organized and probably more profitable because you weren't just, I don't care what it costs. We got to get the gear here. I don't care what that guy costs that I need on the show. I need a guy or I need 10 guys or whatever. Right, um, exactly. This, this year got a little more normalized, similar revenue, but normal, uh, much more normalized from a standpoint of operations and costs and stuff. But so as you were planning for 2023 and now as you look back on 2023 would you say that it was better uh than expected worse than expected or as expected um i think that there were a lot of moments in our company specifically that uh show it as better as expected um we were able to um, improve a lot of our process as a company um, and get more of the right people ingrained into our company and our culture that are going to, uh, in the end, pay off for our end users and our clients. Um, so I think that that's um, a lot of what we focused on and a lot of, as I reflect back, um, dollars matter, of course, but mm -hmm. what about the process and the building, right? Um, I think that I take a, a little bit of a different philosophy to building a company as far as I'm not so concerned about what was done this year, while that's important. What about building something so next year we can be incredible, the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. So I, I think it's better than expected from my perspective um, in, a, in a lot of different ways rather than revenue. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're, you're obviously very focused on the quality of the product that you're putting out. And, yes. um, and that's, that's also being growth focused. You know, like if we put out a great quality product, people are going to use us more and, and more into the future. Um, yes. So, you know, whether it's your own business or the industry, what would your 2024 expectations be? Would you, would you be expecting more growth? Uh, would you expect things to drop a little bit or a lot? And, um, or 
just pretty much to stay flat on on what happened in 2023? I I mean, some of the venues that we manage are booked way more in 2024 than they were in 2023. So I really? think that we are, uh, I guess we're anticipating a lot of growth again in 2024. Um, I think the the thing that we have to maybe consider is we're going into an election year, which it doesn't matter where you land on that. There's always turmoil and there's always um, some risk involved with that. So I think early projections on my side um, from just, again, my perspective and what we see is that 2024 could be another big growth year um, for us specifically. But I think that the industry as a whole could grow again. Um, I think 2023 wow. was kind of that reset year, um, a lot of settling in. And now people are going to look at, okay, how can we how can we engage and improve on what we've built upon and get out there more uh, and be uh, just in the public eye more or, or however that looks. Yeah, 24 is is a real interesting year, you know, uh, and by interesting, I mean, screwed up because <laughs> not, not just the election, but, you know, the potential of, of uh, recession, um, this looming recession that we've been talking about for a year. Um, but, you know, geopolitical stuff, too. You know, I've been paying a lot of attention to uh, uh, some of the things that are going on in Europe and Asia and um, obviously, two different wars that are being battled right now. So, you know, that all has an impact, probably not so much on a local market like Lincoln, Nebraska, but certainly for some of those companies that are that are utilizing your services in that local market may be impacted with their European offices or, or somewhere else in the world or freight costs or, you know, sort of that downstream effect of having two wars and all kinds of political unrest and, and other issues going on in the world. Um, so for 2024, give me a big prediction and, and anything, you know, uh, the sky's going to fall, uh, you know, we're going to get our first woman president. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, know, that's, uh, uh, you I, know, that's a really good question, actually. I mean, I, to, to the point of the looming recession, as unfortunate as it is, as it is, I think that there's a lot of that that's going to come into play in this next year. So maybe the sky is going to fall. I think, I think the key for a lot of people is to not focus on that and to focus on improving what you can control, right? I mean, I think that that's a lot of the the mistake that people make is they're so concerned with what's outside. Um, and if they were to just take a moment and focus on how they can improve their skills, uh, I mean, this carries over from the, uh, the conversation we just had a couple minutes ago. If we could just improve and continue to focus, um, I, I think a lot of things that I look at is if we talk about recession, I've studied history a lot. If, if we go back to the 20s and 30s, um, the one thing that grew a lot was entertainment, right? Mm -hmm. Because even, even in a downturn, there has to be entertainment involved. And I think so many people don't look at that as an option and they just say, they just want to throw in the towel and be like, oh man, well, the, the sky is falling. I better just call it quits too. Instead of saying, no, there's an opportunity here. How can we actually, um, help people make it through this in a, in a way that, makes them smile or, or improves their life in, in any yeah. capacity. You're, you're so right. You know, and I, I've always said that, like, I, I remember I've been 20 years ago or more talking to people about the fact that no matter what's happening in a local economy, if the right 
show comes through or whatever, everyone's going. And, and I always used Mexico City as an example. Like I remember, and it had to probably be in the 90s or something, which, you know, I don't, I don't know how old you are, but probably not much <laughs> older than that. Um, but Madonna uh, did a concert in Mexico City and it was like 100,000 people. And these are people who don't have nice cars, who don't make much money, who don't eat fancy food or, or whatever. But when it comes to entertainment, you know, they'll buy a nice bottle of tequila and they'll go to a Madonna concert and it doesn't matter what it costs, right? They just, they figure it out. They find the money and they go and they entertain themselves, you know? Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. I think that that is, uh, such a, a lasting truth that we can go into this year for. And I, I mean, honestly, I hope I'm wrong because uh, the impact of a, a recession actually hitting, I mean, that's going to, that could be ugly in a lot of ways, but to, to your point, if, if the right show comes in, if you're doing the right things, you're going to be able to entertain people and you're going to be able to continue to move forward. Even on the corporate stuff though, that you do, like you know, when there's a recession, a couple of things that can be positive also happen. One is is that companies look to take other companies, you know, lunch. And so Absolutely. they'll be out there, you know, pawning their wares and, and making sure their team is dialed in and, and they've shown their latest products and everything. Um, but But also, you know, you're just, you start focusing on what's most important to your business specifically and, you know, building on those things. And yes, you know, certainly you can look at cutting budgets and, and going, oh my God, we better tighten our belt. You know, this is going to be a tough year. And one of the first things that go is, is marketing costs and things like, you know, meetings uh, and, and uh, trade shows and all of those corporate sort of, alt uh, I don't know what you would call it, voluntary expenses or expenses that are not yeah. necessarily things that you absolutely have to do. Right. Right. So. Well, and I, I think that there are some people um, that will do just the opposite and see that as an opportunity to continue to grow and Hey, we still need to go and engage with our client base, but let's just do it in a smarter way. Let's, instead of spending a hundred thousand dollars on AV, let's spend 25,000 yeah. and get creative with it. Yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on like a, uh, uh, prediction for a product trend or a, a sort of, something new that's going to come out that's going to change the world? Man, I, in our industry. I don't even, uh, yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of time to actually sit down and think about that. I've been a busy business owner. So there's, <laughs> there's not been a lot of, a lot of consideration with that. I'm going to be interested to see how um, immersive sound continues to evolve. I mm, think the sphere yeah. opening up this year and a lot of eyes being focused on how that, that works and that immersive experience. I think more energy is going to start to get pushed into that area. Um, obviously, uh, I'm a lighting guy by trade. That's kind of how I grew up into this industry. So any new lighting uh, fixtures that come out, I, I'm always amazed by. But at the end of the day, it's still just a light with a lens at the end of it. It just it's faster, it's brighter, it's whatever it may be. So did you go uh, to LDI? I did not make it to LDI this year. We um, had a because couple of large a shows that week. Yeah, there, there, there yeah. was a trend at LDI. I wasn't there either, but I've talked to a lot of people about it. And one of the big trends is this lumens per pound concept. Uh, oh, lights are getting smaller and lighter all of a sudden. And so Martin came out with something called a Mac 1, which is like, I'm going to probably misquote this, but I think it's nine pounds 
it's like four and a half kilos or four kilos, nine or 10 pounds. Um, and Oh God, I don't remember the lumens, but it's, it's bright. Like it's, it's bright, like a Mac aura almost right. Really nice, really nice features, tiny, like really, really tiny. And they make this four bar thing that you can mount in all kinds of different ways. And, uh, really, really cool and very inexpensive, like something like two grand retail for it. Right. Wow. So those are going to just sell by the tens of thousands because yeah, they will. for stuff like what you do, you can pop lights in everywhere. Right. And it's small, it's light, it's easy, you know, pretty painless. Um, uh, a bunch of other companies did similar things where they came out with smaller fixtures that are still really bright. And so I see that as being a continuing trend. Like we went bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger for a while. It's got to be 50,000 lumens. Ours is 75,000 lumens, you know? Right. And I mean, it's okay if you need to light a building two miles away or something, but you right. know, when, when you're lighting a trade show booth or a, a corporate meeting or a ballroom or something, you don't need 75,000 lumen fixtures, right? You need reliable, right. small, easy, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I'm seeing a lot more of that stuff. Um, personally, I think there's going to be a lot more wireless battery stuff coming out with better batteries, longer, uh, life on it. Cause life has been an issue and that fits into the trend of smaller and less power and more efficient and all that stuff. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, last question. Yeah. Uh, so you're a sponsor, you, you support this podcast. Who would you like to see on it that, that, uh, either you've already seen once and want them back or maybe somebody that you haven't seen yet? Um, I, I'm pretty sure, I, I think it might've been 2020. So Christian Jackson, yeah. um, is okay. actually, uh, I learned so much from his YouTube channel when I first started, um, much like this podcast, I think that there's a, a lot of lessons that I were, was able to take on. Uh, and learn by listening to this podcast. I, I think Christian Jackson is a one of those people. I mean, he kind of flies under the radar a little bit, but he is such a incredible programmer, and more so, he teaches so much. Like he, he's willing to share his knowledge to to no end. And um, I think that that would be an, another interesting guest to have on. When he's sort of the OG U- YouTuber in our industry too. Like nobody yeah, really exactly. got into YouTube and did what he's done. And I, I don't remember he's got like, I don't know, a hundred thousand followers or something on YouTube. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that'd be a great one. I, I, uh, I wouldn't say I've forgotten about, uh, Christian, but when he came on, he laughed because he was, I think at that time, the youngest person we'd ever had on the podcast. Uh, so now he's a little bit older. We'll have to get him on again. Absolutely. Some more experience, some more insight. He'll be able to add a lot of value. I think. Yeah. How many shows you got to do for, uh, for new year's? We actually only have three shows for New Year's, so not uh, not anything crazy. But then we kick off right in January with a a lot of larger corporate shows that we do every year. So uh, it's kind of that breath, uh, and we exhale as we go into New Year's, and then uh, start sprinting right away uh, at the beginning of January. Rest is over. Yeah, that's right. It, It is over. It was good while it lasted. Yeah. Well, thank you, Daniel, so much for uh, taking a minute to do this with me. Uh, and again, we appreciate you very much being a sponsor of Geezers of Gear and uh, look forward to doing lots of cool stuff next year, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, always a pleasure to be able to chat with you. Like I said, love supporting a podcast that has given me so much value. So thank you. I appreciate that.
All right, my friend. All right. See ya. Mr. Ben, how are you? Hey, good morning or good afternoon, I suppose at this point, right? It is. Yeah. So uh, Ben is actually recording this with me on a Sunday and on New Year's Eve. So you're a you're a superstar for doing that. We were actually going to record during the week, and Ben had we a bit of a blowout in his home. <laughs> well, I, I, well, fortunately, it wasn't my home. So I spent oh. last week uh, deep in the heart of Southwest Texas, where my father-in-law lives, in oh. a town that's so small. It's on the Guadalupe River, and it's such a small town that there's no convenient hotels. So when going to visit him, we did a VRBO of a, I call it a fishing shack, but it was, you know, it was a three-bedroom home, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, Small, well, you know, single-story, three-bedroom home um, right on the Guadalupe River. It was very nice, part of a compound. Yeah. Um, and it was so cold in Texas for the past few days that the well pump froze, so we had no water <laughs> when we... I can't, what day is today? Sunday, right? So we had, on Friday morning and Saturday morning, we had no water in the house um, from, you know, probably sometime around 3 a.m. until around 1 p.m. when it got warm enough that the well pump thawed and we had water again for a while. Yikes. So, um, so we had, I think we had planned to do this on Friday um, and it was just a bit too much while trying to yeah. make sure. No, I get it. I get it completely. All those exciting things you go through at a time. Yeah. So thank you, you know, for your flexibility and no, for no, delaying you. um, your uh, your uh, your watching of. I think is it Baltimore and Miami coming up in twenty minutes? It is. Yeah. Minutes? <laughs> it's yeah, a huge game. You know. It, yeah. Really, it's it, whoever wins this game leads the AFC and right. uh, it puts themselves in a pretty good position. So uh, it's a huge game, and it's also. MVP status, like basically people are saying it's either Tua or it's uh, okay. uh, Lamar Jackson, whoever wins okay. the game kind okay. of thing. But yep. uh, we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think uh, exciting time for a South Florida resident. <laughs> it really is for once. I mean, we've got a hockey yeah. team that's winning. We've got a football team that's winning. I don't know yeah. anything about baseball or soccer, so I couldn't tell you what they're doing. The Heat, yeah. I think, suck. I'm not sure, but well, it, uh, whether your soccer team is winning or not, you certainly uh, have a ticket draw. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you and know I, what? I, I have jersey a, sales aren't doing too bad either. I have a friend who uh, who goes to those games, the Inter, whatever it's called, Inter Miami, yeah. and uh, he said ever since they got him. Uh, Tickets went from $40 to $400. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, I didn't even know we had a soccer crowd here, but I guess with all the South American people and stuff, uh, we're bound to. Um, And all it took was bringing in, you know, the biggest player in the world or whatever, arguably. The the ownership group, the player, you got it all. Anyway. Yeah. No, it's interesting. So before we get into it, I'm just going to ask you three questions. But before we get into that, I... First of all, I wanted to applaud you uh, for your leadership and your, uh, you know, just stewardship of, of uh, just the ideas. And, you know, I talk to you a lot and stuff, but the things that you've done with ACT this year, um, yeah. you kind of started the year telling me we want to evolve a little bit. We want to we want to grow. We want to do some things differently. We don't want to be known as a lighting company. You changed your name to ACT Entertainment. You've changed your logo. Um, and you went out and got a huge audio brand. You, you've bought a couple of companies that are sort of outside the, the sort of center of, of lighting. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's been an incredible year for ACT. 
it's been an exciting time, and I have to applaud our team for doing a great job. Um, as you mentioned, we uh, began a distribution agreement with PK Sound, um, and manufactured uh, in your hometown, hometown. Yeah. Calgary, Alberta. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, Calgary, Alberta. Sorry, yeah. I was trying to say Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and I tripped on my tongue there. That's yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, you know, great brand, Jeremy James and his group, and then Ralph Mastrangelo, who joined us after a very a storied career. Um, yeah. Ralph, those people where you can walk into an arena anywhere on the anywhere in the world, and he's going to know somebody from the house. He's an amazing guy and um, really looking forward to, you know, we, we, we began last year, but it was kind of a soft beginning. We had them at LBI with us. Um, this is the year we're really launching together, and it's really, yeah. really about that and then as you mentioned we acquired um tv1 which is the manufacturer of the tv1 line of products and also green hippo so gonna you know then uh, i think we finished that about 27 days ago so again uh, 24 we're 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 a very different company going into 2024 than we were going into 2020 absolutely no i mean you're you're uh these are all really amazing moves i don't know much about tv1 uh but you know green hippo obviously uh a huge product line and uh really great addition to you know not only your your lighting products but your control products i mean obviously when you look at ma and and ayrton and a lot of the other stuff that you have mdg robert juliet right but what's missing you know is is, uh uh, exactly what you went out and got. And, and so, no, I, I think it's excellent. And so I guess some of this stuff, while PK specifically, probably ultimate support, I guess, which is also relatively new. Ultimate support was an acquisition in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I guess PK really their coming out party is, is Nam. uh, it'll be Nam. It'll be Nam. Really an audio show as much as some people would argue it is. We were together at AES in uh, in New York, I think, in November or October. I can't remember, but right. really, really, Nam is the coming out party. We'll, yeah. we'll have a full play um, and have our team there ready to talk to people. Really exciting. So, um, just to get into this, uh, really, it's just three questions uh, that sure. I'm looking at. And so, first, for our industry, you know, I know 2022 was an insane year. Everyone uh, that I spoke to, record years, you know, yep. just absolutely yep. blew it up. Biggest year they've ever had, yada, yada, yada. And really, most people were just trying to get back to 2019 numbers. And then all of sure. a sudden, you know, it was just this massive year. I've heard from a lot of companies, some who have actually come on this interview with me, but I've heard from a lot of companies that um, 23 represented a bit of the same, but sort of a hangover too. Like, you know, they expected to be 10 or 15% up or 20% up and, and they were 5% down or flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, give me, I'm not asking for your sales. I know you guys are a private company, sure. but you know, your, your outlook on sort of the industry, what 2023 meant in the industry from a revenue standpoint. I think 2023 was just a really strange year. And part of it, part of it depended on specifically where in the industry you operate, right? Obviously we had what I refer to as the Hollywood strikes, right? So you had the WGA, um, and the, the, the SAG, um, strikes. And so obviously I say Hollywood, not geographically, but the part of the industry that records film Mm -hmm. and TV, um, you know, so any, 
any rental company or any event company that had a, had a, not even a concentration, but let's say, you know, I, I talk, you know, I, I was talking to um, the CEO of one of the top three rental companies and he was saying, you know, 20% of their business came from Hollywood, right? So, you know, think about, think about lopping 20% off of your company. And, you know, it was, what was it? It was May through November, right? So, you know, however many months that is in math, um, you had that much of the year where, you know, for some people it was 20%, for some people it was 99%, right? So you had a, you had a lot of strange, um, a lot of strange things, but then you had people who maybe with a high concentration in concert touring. And I think 2023 was, you know, the greatest concert touring year uh, in history until 2024, which we're expecting, you know, if you, you know, you look at the data that Live Nation is putting out and we talk to our customers, you know, we, we had a huge surge of orders coming in right at the end of the year all looking for delivery towards the end of the first quarter, right? So sometime in March, we have, right. you know, I think there's not a single rental company you can pick up the phone and talk to right now who's not going to tell you they're booked for next summer or they're booked for the spring. Um, and I think those companies also honestly did fairly well in 2023, right? right? So, you know, sure, for as, you know, if I put on my manufacturer hat for a second or I think about the distribution area of our business, you know, we're obviously coming out of COVID, there was a growth rate of, you know, 300% or 500% or whatever it was because our everything dropped 50% going right. in, you know, because of COVID, right? So, you know, the, the, the velocity of that growth rate, is, you know, the, ind the, the industry is not going to grow that much again in any given year, but we are definitely back to what we consider a normalized growth pattern, whether that's, you know, you look at 20, you know, 2012-ish to, you know, March of 2020. And I think if you smooth out the curve of COVID, we've actually beaten that. Um, the industry has beaten that over the last, you know, four plus years at this point. Yeah. And yeah. I, no, it, and, it's, and I wouldn't it's really expect that to continue for, you know, again, you know, I don't know that the Hollywood strike ending is going to cause, um, you know, I don't think we're going to come storming out of the gate, but as though at that, as that industry starts to restart and remember all those studios are real estate companies now, right? Yeah. That's really what, um, you know, so as that part of the industry starts to restart again, and then, you know, again, put on the manufacturer hat for a second, you think about what's going on in the rest of the world, right? And I, I you know, I know you have an, you have a worldwide audience, right? We're, we're very, you know, uh, we're, we're very North American centric in, in the guest list sometimes, but I think you have a lot mm -hmm. of listeners, you know, if you look at what's going on, um, you know, in Saudi Arabia and other parts, you know, that that's, that's. It, it, uh, um, going to be a huge hotbed of activity for the next, yeah, well, Saudi, for, for the Saudi next, I was going to say for the next decade, but probably for the next forever. Yeah. Right? So you know, I, think, I think anyone who's manufacturing equipment, anyone who's manufacturing entertainment technology uh, should continue to be quite excited and bullish about, you know, the industry and the, yeah. the, the growth in the industry. I, I completely agree with you. And you mentioned Live Nation, and I've mentioned it many times on here, but sure. but they have this really cool approach where uh, uh, Rapino put out an article saying uh, right. that that his, his customers or his artists basically have 10 million followers on social media. All he has to do is sell tickets to 5% of those people. And, yeah. you know, and he sells out a tour. And, yeah. you know, when you look at the math like that, it's pretty incredible. So what they're really trying to do is start tapping, you know, sort of multi uh, multimedia 
a type of approach where you're you're tying into the social media and tying into you know uh, between streaming and and live events and all of those different things you're just kind of trying to bunch it all and and have a have a thread that goes through the whole thing so it's pretty interesting it's it's uh you know i kept thinking the bottom was going to fall out a little bit and mm. It hasn't, and now I've yeah. actually sort of changed my opinion to where I don't mm. think it will. I think there's a larger appetite for live yeah. events than what we're currently filling. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's huge. Uh, you know, again, it's, you know, we all, if you wake up in the morning and turn on the news, right? And I think that was a, another part of the story of 2023 is we certainly spent months. I think thinking back, it feels like it was the middle of the year. Right. Where everyone, you know, economists were doing their best to convince us that there was going to be a recession. Right. Right. And the reality is, there, you know, for, we're we're still waiting for the recession that we've been promised for the last three years. <laughs> right. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm not an economist. Um, I, you know, it's, it's way outside my purview and area of expertise to understand what's going on there. But I, I think that had, I think that had a real hangover on some of the, um, purchasing decision-making in our industry, right? You know, if you were, if you're reading the news, July-ish, August-ish, you know, you just, you really weren't feeling good about waking up. Right. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't usually, I, personally, I don't usually pay attention to it's a, it's an election year and right. uh, all of those right. types of things. Like, I don't think our industry follows a lot of that stuff. I'll tell you yeah. what's scaring the shit out of me right now. And, you know, I follow some of this geopolitics stuff because my business really moves equipment around the world. Like, we're not yeah. dealing with a North American market. We're dealing with Asian stuff coming into North America, North American yeah. stuff going into Europe, etc. Yeah. We're moving stuff around. And so what these hooties are doing right now, like in the Suez Canal and the Red Sea yeah. and stuff, yeah. is scaring the shit out of me, you know, because yeah. like I've already heard container prices are already 3x between Asia and Europe mm. uh, because they have to travel like thousands of miles <laughs> additional. And, right. you know, they're they're and bringing the war in Ukraine is blocking the trains. Right. Another problem. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this stuff definitely has a cost and and, you know. If you go back to freight shortages and, and these supply and demand issues that we ran into in 2020, 2021, yeah. you know, that is, that's a beating on our industry. Yeah. Like that stuff. Remember, I am, I am literally the worst predictor in the history of time. I'm the one who said COVID was a 90 day problem and we all needed to focus on day 91. Yeah. Right. I was right there um, with so, you, buddy. You know, so, you know, so <laughs> I, I, I was I as big a jackass as you were on that yeah. one. Yeah. Wiseman you know, thought but, it was a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Well, he was even worse. We, we'll tag we failed. Him somewhere. No, I mean, um, none of us yeah. can predict this stuff. Listen, you know, none of us can predict this stuff. You can just sort of plan yeah. for for the worst and and you know groove with the best uh, yeah. if you can. So twenty twenty four. It sounds to me like you're expecting growth in twenty four, but probably regular growth like back to sort of you know the 2017 to 2018 2018 2019 yeah, like again, 10, you know, 12% is it, is it 6%, in the industry 6% 8% 50% you know 6% 8% 20% you know 20 300% whatever yeah. the number is going to be the number is going to be right yeah. the, the market is growing there's more live events there's more installations that need entertainment technology you know there's there's all kinds of you know there's construction projects there's all kinds of things happening around the world and you know, that's only going to continue as time goes on, 
Yeah. You know, you know on uh, Wiseman recorded a podcast, which I think comes out next week or something. Okay. And uh, he was talking about uh, somebody in their finance team or something coming in right. and saying, you know, John, we're going to need, you know, to add another 12 million to the budget next year or whatever, you know, are you going to get that? Where, where are we going to get that from? And he's like, the hell out of my office, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> get out of my office. What's going to happen is going to happen. That's what's going to sure. happen. You know, I can't just uh, pretend that there's another 12 million when I have no idea what's, what's coming. You know, there could right. be another war. There could be 14 yeah. wars. I have no idea. So yeah. Listen, it's our job. Tough. It's our job to try to predict the future. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, I'll tell you what, what if, we do, if you came within, you know, 10 or 12% of your forecast this year of, of your yeah. budgeted forecast this year, I think, damn, you did good, <laughs> you know? Right. And I've talked to a lot of people who have, and I've talked to some people who were wildly off uh, either yeah. direction. Like they thought they were going to yeah. lose money and they made money. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Um, and give me a big prediction. Give me a big, bold prediction. It could be somebody who's going to dust off their uh, retirement, you know, stuff and, and come back out and tour. It could be a market trend, product trend. Uh, what are you thinking? Something wild. COVID is a 90 day problem. That's my prediction. <laughs> I've no sworn predictions. off predictions. I've sworn off predictions. Sworn off predictions. Yeah. You know, uh, I think the world is going to adopt um, automated line array systems that move in the air there you go. There you and go. you don't yeah. have to drop them to reposition them. I think I'm the world's going to be a huge fan go, of your prediction. There you <laughs> I'm go. A huge fan. There you go. You can pay me later. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, and so bonus question, give me a guest I should get on this uh, podcast. Oh, wow. I wasn't prepared Besides for that you. question. Yeah, right. Uh, well, I'm finally old enough to be a geezer. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, we should do another one and just talk I a little about what's going on. I will think about that and I will send you an email. Well, that's no good for a podcast. What does I, an email do to the people who are sitting here listening to this going, why can't Ben come up with a name? It Give gives them name. something more. It gives them something more interesting to think about. How about Ralph? Okay, it's a good idea. I would love we'll to get Ralph on. That would be fun. And we don't even have to talk about MA consoles. We can talk about art, photographs, cars, race cars, racing drivers. All right. I All don't right. I'll give him a call and I'll see. All right. All right, my friend. Well, happy New Year to you. I appreciate you taking the time out on a Sunday on New Year's Eve to do this. And, happy New Year uh, to you as well. And. Uh, Hope you get Good the shower before you eat tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate it, buddy. Uh, All right. Have an amazing time and, uh, and we'll chat next year. All right. Stay safe. Enjoy. See you, pal. We're in the enviable position of being in the same company I am and I can't answer my own questions. So uh, seeing that you're the next in command, you can, uh, you can be the one who's up to bat and answering these. So, it's going to be funny asking questions about, you know, your viewpoints of our company uh, when I'm in the company every day. So, you know, maybe the questions that I'm going to ask you, which are going to be more related to, um, you know, how the industry is doing and stuff. Let's maybe keep them more industry related, not necessarily specific to gear source. Um, but I mean, aside from that, so we're recording this. People are going to hear this a couple of days after Christmas at least. I mean, the people who hear it the first day are going to hear it a couple of days after Christmas. And then right. um, obviously in perpetuity, but as we're recording it, we're a couple of days before Christmas right now. And so I think you're traveling, right? 
for the holiday? I am. I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot of traveling, actually. I'm driving down. I live in Northern California, so we're driving down with my family and my dogs to Los Angeles to hang out with my in-laws for a couple of days. And then from there, we're flying to Denver to hang out with my family for uh, a few days and then flying back to LA and driving back up. Holy shite. Yeah, lots That's of travel. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh-huh. You know, you got this thing called Southwest Airlines, right? You can get from like Northern California to Southern California. It's really fast. You can, but then you can't take the dogs. And then uh, I have to put them in. I have to board them or do something with them. We have some friends here that typically would watch them, but they're not going to be here for the holiday. So we have yeah. to take well, them with them. That's a lot to ask people over the holidays, I guess. Hey, yeah, do you mind uh, walking my dogs and feeding them every day and stuff? Don't you live yep. on a bunch of land, though? Can't you just let them loose and they can go out and well that's what they do and the people that watch us watch them are actually they live on in our guest house on our property and they also have a dog so it's kind Uh, of a back and forth thing so it wouldn't be a huge deal for them if they were around but uh yeah yeah. they're going away yeah they were probably like you know we were gonna ask you (laughs) Uh so uh yeah, I mean that's fun. I'm I'm actually boring as hell staying at home and uh having a whole bunch of family over so we're cooking up a storm and today I was dumb enough to go 2 days before Christmas to uh Costco and Trader Joe's both in the same morning. And I got to tell you, I don't know if it's a sign of the economy or luck or I don't know what the hell it is, but there was nobody there. It was pretty dead. I think I think luck. You know, you're before the weekend, you were smart to get in early and uh and do it before Saturday. Yeah. Certainly. Well, I know there's a lot of people listening right now that probably wouldn't accuse me of being smart having done that, but uh, <laughs> I think I just got lucky. I think I picked the right time and and got in, got out, and it was super easy. It was crazy. I was like, it must I have mean, been Karen's doing. It certainly wasn't yours. I think so <laughs> because like even you know Costco. Like how often? I don't know if you go to Costco, but how often do you go in, get all your stuff, and then walk straight up to an empty? cashier and you're uh, like we were parked in got our stuff got out in 15 minutes although i I do sometimes kind of play a a game when i go to costco i make it a goal to see how few items i can actually leave with and it usually is way more than i intended but it always is yeah like Uh i go in for toilet paper and come out with home theater seating or or a washer and dryer or something you know it's like why do Uh i have all this stuff you know, need a million bananas and <laughs> <laughs> right, enough bananas for a village. Yeah, uh-huh. no, it's it's crazy, but it's tempting. I mean, everything looks appealing. The one that's getting me these days, and we talked about this earlier, but the televisions. I mean, the televisions are just out of control now. Like it's uh-huh. crazy. Uh-huh. Like I walk in and right as you walk in the door, and trust me, I have enough TVs. I don't need any, but you see this like. 85 inch OLED TV for like three grand or something. And I'm going, what? Like, I need that thing so bad. You know, I got to right. have it. I got no place it makes to you, put it. It makes you question why you need an LED wall in the industry. No, not really. Uh, I just made yeah. a bunch of people cringe. Well, pretty, pretty soon uh, LG is going to have, you know, TVs that are as big as LED walls, I guess. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It, they just keep getting bigger and nicer. And like these OLED screens, the picture is amazing. And it's like three grand. And then you can get, like, I think I saw a 75 inch today for $599. A 75 inch television. That's pretty crazy. 
I mean, at some point you run into the limitation of like, just what can you fit in a car or in your door? So then you get a consumer version of an LED wall. You just get, you know, a seamless monitor that comes in a box that's, you know, 18 by 18 and it's got yeah. 20 panels in it. Yeah. I mean, and then maybe they're just going to roll up like, you know, wrapping paper and you can just roll the thing out onto a wall there and you go. boom, you've got a- I've seen that and... actually, that it is oh, like really? a, it's a, it's a flexible thing. It's, you know, it was a, it was a, like a test product R and D type deal, but. Um, I remember LG yeah. had something that they called uh, something wall, um, but they were just using it for photographs. It was like, it was like a, a photo mm. frame thing, but it was, it was like two or three millimeters thick and yeah. like, unbelievable resolution just a beautiful beautiful picture like i was looking at it going oh my god like beautiful ridiculous well, it's like the wallpaper that's an led light it's like a big oled led fixture yeah yeah that's cool <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you want your whole wall to glow but maybe well why not i guess because you can you can see it i could see a ceiling doing it that would make more sense but you just walk in and staring at light seems painful yeah Hey, you know, we haven't really spoken and certainly haven't spoken on a podcast about your, I know you were at LDI, I wasn't. Um, what do you think were like a couple of the hot products at the show? Uh, that's interesting. I was only there for a short period and I had several meetings and stuff. So I, I definitely walked the floor and I saw some things. I didn't get like full deep demos on some of the things that I would have liked to have seen. Yeah. But um, the stuff that I did see that caught my eye um, was number one clay packy has a new i think they call it i'm trying to remember the name it's uh midi b or something like that but it's a it's like a miniature profile moving header spot i don't think it has shutters but it's a mini it's a mini spot but it's literally it weighs 18 pounds and it's like not the size of your laptop um huh. it's it's itty bitty but it was it was bright and it was actually a good quality of light and had some interesting features behind it i have no idea what the price point is but that was interesting. Obviously, that's not going to have a lot of place other than maybe some scenic things in like a rock and roll environment. I don't know. You know that, that's a trend right stuff. now. That's a trend right now. The smaller size and and uh, I kept hearing this thing of, of like lumens <clears throat> per pound or something. Um, oh, that's an interesting so metric. <laughs> lightweight is the other big one right now. Like you said, that one's 18 pounds and that Mac 1 is like, what is it, 10 pounds or something? Yeah, something like that. That obviously was a hit of the show, you know, for, for good reason. It's a really good looking fixture and it, it definitely is going to take the place of what the Mac Aura used to. You yeah. know, it's got the Fresnel lens on it. It looks really good. The light's good. It's pretty bright. Yeah. Um, and it's it's got cheap. different configurations. It's and a couple grand. Yeah. Yeah. I think dealer is 15 or 1600 yeah, or something like that. Supposed to talk I heard. Dealer. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, those were interesting. Another one that, uh, I thought was interesting that I tried to find, but I didn't actually see in person. Corey Easterbrook told me that there are a couple of fixtures out now that have electronic frost, that there's some Acme fixtures that have it and Chavez fixtures that have it. And it's the same tech behind like the window frost where you yeah, turn it on and, room walls and it makes it like stuff. transparent or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a variable frost that's electronically controlled rather than having a disc or anything. So I really wanted to see that, but it was like, by the time I learned that it was, you know, hour 27 of the, of the last day. So, um, I nobody, haven't heard that one. I'm going to have to look into that. 
Yeah, no, it was, it's a pretty interesting idea. How whether or not it's reliable and has good uh, image optics is another question, and obviously open to opinion. But it's a cool idea, and certainly could open the doors to a lot of things. Well, the good news is that technology must be coming down in cost then, because I know I looked at it one time for a conference room, and I mean it was ridiculously expensive. It was yeah. like obscene <laughs> cost, right? And obviously variable frost in a fixture. We're talking about a, a piece right. of glass that might be that big or whatever, but still. The controller is probably more expensive than the, the actual diffusion part. But I mean, but. think of what it would do for, you know, obviously the window yeah. covering industry would be screwed right. because nobody would buy blinds <laughs> anymore. What for? Or, you know, any of those things, blinds, drapes, you know, whatever you call the roll down shades, you know, mm -hmm. that would go away. You don't need it. That's cool. I, I didn't hear about that one. I'm going to have to check that out. Variable yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I'm curious to see it in person at some point, although I don't really get fixture demos because I don't work at a rental company anymore. So yeah, I'll have to yeah. make a point to do that. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't often get to touch fixtures. They just kind of <laughs> uh -huh. magically fly through this software of ours. So exactly. speaking of which, I've actually, this is a, an interesting and unique episode that we're doing where we've got all of our sponsors on one episode, so we can't sit here and talk for an hour um, because it's going to then be 10 hours long or something. So speaking of uh, 2023 specifically this year, do you think that overall the year was better than expected, worse than expected, or as expected. So a year ago, you were sitting thinking, what's next year going to look like? And I don't necessarily yeah. mean gear source specifically. I mean, uh, it could be the used market, the used equipment market, the availability of used gear, pricing on used gear, etc. Um, so what do you think? Well, I, you know, when I think about that, I think about sort of what the craziness of 2022 was and the insanity of what was going on with supply and demand and with um, you know, the shows happening at any time of year on top of each other, 27 at a time, because right. everybody was trying to get back from COVID. So I feel like 2023 really relaxed out of that some, and the second half of the year started to normalize and get back to sort of the typical cadence of the industry, um, at least from what I saw. <clears throat> and I think that's a good expectation for 2024 and beyond is that we will get back to a lot of those sort of more normal calendars and more normal schedules. Certainly business was still good. I've heard from many people that, you know, they had killer years and, <clears throat> excuse me, did uh, did some pretty amazing numbers on things. In the used gear market specifically, because of that normalization of supply and demand, we really saw an uptick. Um, you know, coming out of COVID, a lot of people had the assumption that the used gear market was killing it. Uh, because of the opportunity and the potential during COVID and shortly after. But isn't it funny how that happens though, Brad, like, yeah, you know, people, like I remember last year, even in 2021, people were like, Oh my God, you're in such a perfect place. But the problem with our business or our industry, our part of the industry is that it is supply and demand. And we always have those at the wrong times. So we've got loads of right. supply and no demand, which was COVID 2020. And then we've got loads of demand and no supply, which was 2021. And then, you know, 2022 kind of was still crazy, but it normalized a little bit where we had some supply and some demand and did okay. And, uh, and then this year, the demand, well, I don't know, you might have been ready to say this, but the demand seemed to go down a little bit because the supply went up so much on the supplier side, on the new gear side. 
Yeah, well, I, I would say I wouldn't say that it went up so much the or the demand went way down that it was like below expected levels. I would say that it went down to the norm, right? To yeah. what, what you would typically see. Yeah. 2022 was nuts. Everybody was trying to get everything because you couldn't. So the demand yeah. was you know through the roof. But True. 2023 really brought that back to reasonable levels and people were making more um i'll say intentional purchases and maybe more thoughtful purchases rather than just like send money give me light uh yeah. i don't care what it is yeah <laughs> um you know it was it was more intentional and it was more methodical we did see some prices normalize on things as well so like you know the cl5 uh that was so crazy through all of covid plus um the dm7 came out and that kind of killed the the extreme pricing Almost on the cl5 Almost yeah, like half, now it's forty like percent. It's down, down back to you know twenty to thirty grand for a CL five, which is much more where you would expect it to be, rather than the yeah. forty five or whatever it was for yeah. a couple of years. Um, yeah, I think you know business was strong. There's a lot of potential in what things are doing, but it's more back to predictable uh, valuations and predictable needs, which is really what you need for you know a healthy business and healthy growth within an industry. So your expectations for 2024, again, growth, uh, drop or stay flat? I think it's going to grow on the equipment side of the industry. And I think that that's driven largely by two things. So number one is, uh, again, with that sort of thoughtful purchasing plan that um, people are going to make more investments rather than just grab whatever they possibly can because they have to have it. So yeah. you're going to see more people going back more to um you know large volume purchases where they can or uh making really strategic decisions about what equipment they're purchasing but with some of that on the used gear market comes with okay more thought into when can i get used when does it make sense to get yeah. used not mm -hmm. just i have to buy used because i more can't planning. get new yeah yeah exactly so well, i think know, that's going to come it's funny you say that because i've spoken to lots of manufacturers who say one of the cool things that covid did is it made people plan more which means that manufacturers didn't necessarily have to just have all the inventory in the world all the time, just in case somebody right. got a show, right? Like there were actually forecasts being delivered and things like that. Like, Hey, we're going to need this many in Q1, this many in Q2. And of course there's always the emergency buy or whatever, but for the most part, it got much more organized over the past couple of years as a result. Yeah, we'll see if that sticks. You know, that's yeah. always the, uh, if, you, if you let people off the leash, then they uh, they will go back to old bad habits. So True. hopefully it stays that way. But yeah, um, it's certainly a, certainly a perk. So give me, uh, give me a, a big 2024 prediction and, and, you know, pick the, pick the category, pick the, the whatever you want, but it could be a product trend, a market trend, um, a Beatles reunion tour, you know, give me a big prediction. <laughs> sure. Well, I'm a lighting guy, so I'll, I'll keep it in the lighting world because that's what I actually know about and don't just make things up with. But um, I think what we've seen since the, the launch of really the Stelos, but last year, the success of the Cobra, um, the Cobra fixture from Ayrton. And for anybody who doesn't know, um, those are both RGB laser sourced fixtures. Um, and while there are some challenges specifically in the U S around variances for those things, um, as I understand it, the Cobra just was an absolute killer deal for Ayrton and one of the best selling fixtures they've ever had, even with the challenges within the U S. So, um, I think 
that trend is going to start to push into other manufacturers. You know, we've seen the IP trend that's happened over the last three or four years that basically everybody has a complete IP portfolio. But I think we're now starting to see the viability and the market adoption for the next thing past LED. And I I think it's going to be lasers. Like it it has to be um, in, in my mind, at least. Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe our industry needs to rally together a little bit, just like with COVID when Strickland always said the problem is instead of a big battleship, we're pulling up to Congress in a bunch of a hundred canoes. Right. And it's Uh the same problem when you get to something like this variance, you know, Hey, we want to, we want to somehow lobby the FDA to get rid of this crazy variance in, in the U S that shouldn't be there because it's not like we're, you know, taking lasers that are cutting people's arms off and stuff and, aiming them at people like weapons. Um, yeah. You know, these are safe fixtures. They're, they're no less safe than any of the other lighting fixtures that we're selling. And in some cases, a Sharpie is more dangerous than any right? of the laser Absolutely. fixtures out there. So, well, and um, until this became a thing, it was never a need to have that conversation, yeah, right? right? So it's not a surprise that it never happened because there was no, no reason, right? Laser projectors aren't pointing at people. They're pointing at a wall or at a screen. Or you whatever, certainly could. Right? There's so. no law against it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's, that, that's true. You can scan an <laughs> an audience with a twenty five k laser or a laser video projector, and nobody goes to jail. Nobody gets fined. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's um, it's goofy and it needs to be fixed. But I think it's going to take more than just Clay Packy, more than just Ayrton. Uh, it's going to take the industry sort of getting together and maybe hiring a lobbyist and and getting in there and and. Uh, getting it changed. It's probably something that nobody's looking at because nobody screamed loud enough, right? Yeah. Well, as I understand it today to buy any of those fixtures in the US now. So originally it was like you couldn't buy them. You had to you had to demo them and then there had to be a factory representative or whatever. So they, they got around those things. But now, as I understand it, to purchase, you have to have gone through the certification to hold a variance and you have to take a safety test kind of thing. So you know, it's, it's like a permit basically and then in order to uh, have a legal transaction as a seller, you have to show proof that the buyer has those things. How you report those, I don't know, who, you know who's, who's overseeing that. But Yeah. Um, well, and the yeah, challenge for these manufacturers is, yeah, they can sell them in Europe. But the problem is the U.S. is more than 50% of the market for most of these mm-hmm. companies. So, you know, Europe ain't going to cut it. Like, even if it's a really successful Ayrton fixture selling it in Europe, to make it viable as a line of product, like what Clay Packy have built, you know, Clay Packy's a smaller company and, and uh, they can probably get by having a full line like that, that uh, Skylos thing, I think is kind of cool. I don't know if it's bright enough. Right. I haven't seen one in person, but, um, and then they've got the mini Stelos that somebody, uh, we talked about the Stelos uh, uh, and the variances on a podcast recently and the Clay Packy distributor from Canada sent me a message on on Facebook or something and said, hey, Marcel, just to clarify, um, yeah, in Canada, we don't need variances, but for the U.S., we have this, I think it's called a mini Stelos or something, and it comes in below the the requirements. So even though it's a laser fixture, you don't Mm. have to have a a variance, but I don't know how bright that is. Like, I know the number used to be 4.9 milliwatts. I'm sure you don't have a 4.9 milliwatt laser in that thing because that would suck. Yeah, no, I, I have no idea what it is. I mean, I've seen that that fixture, just the body of it. Um, it's it's pretty small. It's smaller than yeah. a Sharpie. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I don't. I have no idea what it does in terms of power or features right. or any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a bold prediction. Uh, 
I must say, I probably don't agree with you. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> it might be a bit premature. I think yeah, if you look people are going to start to plan for it now. Five years, but down then the road. Like in twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six, that's going to yeah. be sort of the next big step. No, I think it I think it absolutely should happen. It's a beautiful light source and I think it's got a place. And but I think they have to get around the variance first and that's going to take a couple yep. of years, I think. Uh potentially. So I don't know, maybe somebody's working on it and I'm going to get another correction via email or something <laughs> saying, you know, hey Marcel, you idiot, the variance is being dropped next week, you know. So it'll, it'll be Michael Strickland's new uh new side project. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've got a bonus question for you. Who would you All like right. to see us bring on Geezers of Gear? Ooh. Besides um, you or your dogs or. Right. Uh, well, you've had so many people, it's hard to keep track, but. We have um, had a few. Have you ever had, now I'm blanking on his name, um, Richard, high-end Richard. Oh, Bellevue. Yeah. Yes. You know what? Yeah, yeah, Richard Bellevue. It's a good reminder because I've talked to Richard so many times about coming on. And he was involved in some legal uh, discussions and didn't want to come on a podcast because he wants to be able to speak openly and honestly and everything else. Um, but I would think that he's through all of that now. So that's a, that's a great uh, Sarah noted. You know, you go. We got to get, uh -huh. yeah. get with Richard Bellevue. Uh, he'd be an no, amazing guest, actually. One of the smartest product he's got so much there. insight to things and and was so involved in the history of how lighting became what it is today yeah yeah you know another one along that same vein but younger and and fresher or newer in the industry or whatever you want to call it is uh matthias from uh from elation mm -hmm. and i've spoken with matthias he promises he's going to do it he's just he's always busy they keep launching friggin' new fixtures over there at elation so uh, yeah yeah have you no, ever I mean, have you ever had ivan on I mean, he's, I he's harder because he, he doesn't, uh, he's not as strong in English as he is in French, certainly. But. Well, and we ended up talking half the podcast about racing, so. I'm uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yvonne is the, for those who don't know, the founder of Ayrton and huge racing fan, named the company after Ayrton Senna. And uh, so, yeah, him and I had a, a pleasant talk. The, I mean, Yvonne is very passionate about lighting and about his fixtures and stuff, but yeah, he's a little hard to, to pull stuff out of occasionally and his yeah, language yeah. is a bit yeah. tough, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I actually interviewed him at LDI four years, five years ago. I don't know what year it was, but, uh, but he was great. No. And I'll yeah. tell you what, I mean, we're not a huge industry. I'm already uh, doing do-overs like i'm i've i've got i've had loads of people on multiple times chris mcmean was on again last week and uh i've had chris mcmean on before um you know it's it's about interesting people interesting stories it doesn't matter if it's somebody that we've already had so but we'll yeah. definitely reach out to uh richard bellevue that's a good one have you ever had brad schiller he's with martin but he's he's a similar he's he's sort of like Matias. No, no, I mean that, I know Brad really well, but I yeah. I can't remember if I've had him on. I don't think I have, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know, it's like Rob group. Koenig, who who I had last week, uh, Metallica's LD. I just assumed I had him on before. Like I I almost <laughs> remembered in my own head talking to him, and uh, so I was talking to him, and I was like, Yeah, you know, we got to get so and so or so and so, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like he was kind of grumpy because I, I wasn't inviting him on. And I'm like, holy shit, you've never been on the podcast? And he goes, no. And I'm like, okay, well, let's get that booked. So let's that was a that. great discussion. Yeah, yeah we, we talked last week. So anyways, Brad, I appreciate you taking a few minutes and doing this with me. And uh, 
I appreciate your insight. And yeah, so this will be out, I think, either next week or the following week. I'm not sure. Well, thanks to everybody listening and uh, happy holidays. And if it's not holidays when you listen to this, good luck. (laughs) (laughs) See you, buddy. Thanks. Bye. Well, hello, Rick. Rick McKinney from Mainlight. Hello, Marcel. How you doing, buddy? How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How about you? I'm alive. You know, I, I somehow survived 2023, the year of the, God, I don't even know what to call it. Like, I I can think of some really bad words, but uh, we'll try and keep it clean because it's the holiday season. Well, happy, stuff, right? happy new year. Hopefully 2024 will yeah, be yeah, great yeah. for everybody. Yeah. No, I mean, that's sort of why we're doing this is really to get a gauge from some people, I think, who really know what the industry's doing, what it's done uh, this past year, what it might do next year. Um, I talk a lot about that on my podcast. I had uh, I had John Wiseman on, uh, well, I think it's yesterday by the time uh, this gets posted, uh, or was it last week? I don't know. Anyways, it was a week ago probably, or yesterday. But I had John Wiseman on episode 213, and if you don't know John, John's uh, sort of at the top of the food chain of, of account reps or account execs for, for uh, the lighting touring business. And he had a, a pretty good feel for things. And um, and then uh, George Masick from, uh, uh, well, actually, he won't be on until next week. So now I'm confused with uh, all of my timing. But George Masick from Clay Packy. Uh, you know, I love getting people like that on the podcast and just talking to them about where they think the industry's going. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always good to get everybody's perspective for sure. Yeah. Well, and you guys, I mean, one of the great reasons one of the one of the things about mainlight that's so different than than other companies most other companies is the majority of your business is is dry hire rentals right like or if not all yes, of your business. absolutely yeah it's it's majority for sure it's, it's yeah. what we're known for you know we've been doing dry hire strictly um for 20 plus years at this point you know yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been a good thing for us and you've been there over and- 20 years right I have been with the company for 24 years and as of November wow. in 2023. Who's a tougher boss, Mike Cannon or Idis? You know, they, they both have their, their, uh, their, their good, their good points. And, and, you know, everybody's, you know, I get along with just about everybody that I work with. I put my nose to the grind and do what I need to do. And, that always just seems to work out well for me, and I, I get no flack from nobody, from anybody in most. Yeah, well, I, mean, Michael, so. I don't think you could pick two different bosses either. You know, I'll tell you, you're absolutely yeah. right. They are definitely on different sides of the spectrum. So um, I, I have a quick, for- funny Ida story. So uh, I didn't know Idis, and you know, I I came from Canada. I went straight into Martin. I worked for Martin for a number of years. Martin never did any business with Idis because he was always a high end shop at the time. And uh, I left Martin and went to work for High End for a little while. And Craig Burroughs took me around the Northeast to introduce me to some customers. And Idis was one of them. And so we decided to play golf. And we're on the first tee. And you know Idis's sense of humor, of course, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm doing my little waggle with the driver and I go to pull the driver back. And every time I went to pull the driver back, he, he gave me a little squawk, you know, ah! <laughs> you know? Oh yes. And I didn't, I didn't know that Idis had Tourette's. 
And so finally I turn around and I'm like, would you shut the fuck up already? Like I'm trying to hit the golf ball, damn it. You know? And, uh, and he's like, Oh, did I make noise? (laughs) And I'm positive to this day. And I've never asked him, but I'm positive to this day. He was messing with me and, and he was doing it on purpose. There is a very good possibility of that. You know, there's nobody that was any more of a trickster than I, that's for sure. And uh, I'm sure we're not done with it at at this point in our lives either. It'll be back around. Oh, hell yeah. Does he ever stop in to visit or anything? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I work remotely most of the time. Oh, so if there was a stop by, I don't see it because uh, I, I write business out of all four offices. Oh, I see. Yeah. I have no need to be in one office. So, um, so he just, uh, Rick, if he does stop in, I haven't seen much of him. Yeah. Yeah. I miss the guy. I, I call him every once in a while I, I just to, to yell about politics. But, uh, um, so what's what's your role and title in the company? I know it's all very different now that it's that it's uh, under the Canon Development Group or whatever the heck it's called, but uh, and it's obviously grown tremendously over the past uh, couple of years. What 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 is it you do? Well, I, I'm the national rental manager. I've been that for about the last two years since we've expanded to, to four locations. Yeah. Uh, we have a location, of course, the the first where, where I started and where yeah. the company started in, in Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. Um, and we opened our shop in Las Vegas, which was uh, closer to, to Michael and, and, and where he, he does his business. So uh, we opened that one next and then we opened the national shop. And then uh, just this year opened uh, the Teterboro, New Jersey location. So we, we've got a pretty widespread uh, uh we're pretty widespread now, which is kind of what I always wanted to be because it's it's like it was constantly shipping to the West Coast and things yeah. like that in the past. And it was just like, gosh, it would be so nice just to have somewhere central, you know, somewhere on the West Coast where we could service these customers. Yeah. Well, um, and it's been a win-win, win-win situation, 100%. So I would assume the Vegas office, like, grew like a weed immediately and probably – even to, I don't know if it's your biggest office, but it's probably pretty damn close, I would guess. It, it's it's doing really well, you yeah. know. Um, it's we're we're we, we're an East Coast company for the most part to start, so that's where a lot of our business, our core business, was from. Yeah. Um, but of course, by adding the Vegas location, all those customers that we dealt with on the West Coast, it makes it so much easier for them. Yeah. So, um, it, it increased it, it yeah. exponentially. So yeah. all good. No, it makes huge sense, and and uh, like you said, it's closer to home for Canon. So, uh, so no, it's good. It's I've enjoyed watching the company grow, and and uh, again, I love Idis. I I miss the guy, but I'm so impressed and happy to see what Michael has done uh, with Mainlight. I think it's a great brand. I think it's a great company. I'm happy to see that all the key people are still in it. You know, yourself and uh, yes. and and Geo and and. Uh, randy and you know i mean the key players are still involved and uh that's great because that doesn't always yeah michael definitely put a breath of life back into the company for sure um there is no doubt about it it's been it's been great since he's taken over yeah so you know i'm not going to keep you here all day i i really just want to get into a few questions and i've you know you're one of uh as i said one of our key sponsors and i've asked all the other sponsors the same questions and got all kinds of answers uh but there's kind of a line, a thread that goes between the answers that that tells me that everybody's probably right. And so 
the first question or, or the first series of questions, I guess, is regarding 2023. And this can be this can be Mainlight. This can be your view of the industry from Mainlight's set of glasses. Um, but the business overall in 2023, better than expected, uh, worse than expected, or just like you thought it would be? Um, I'm going to have to say that it was pretty much as expected. Um, due to all the, 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 the weirdness that happened in 2022 and the fact that, you know, that we – Business was picking up in 2022, but you never knew when it was going to, the job was going to cancel early. You know, if a tour went out the door, you know, if it were going to come back in four weeks instead of eight, you know, that was what we were dealing with in 2022. You know, it was, it was definitely, you know, much less of a fear in 2023, whenever we sent out a job that it wasn't going to cancel. So I'm going to say things were as expected. I was expecting things to go much better in 2022 yeah. um 2022 was good in comparison of course to 2021 yeah. but we did have that that that's still a lot of questions of going on um yeah. and and people still getting sick from covid and that was canceled yeah. a lot of jobs yeah um so that was a major part of of the 2023 but, but is just think, knowing that stuff was coming back do you think as an industry we grew in in 23 Over i do i really I, I do, um, just because of of I, we're we're also just towards the end of the year starting to see more corporate come back, yeah, um, more trade show stuff. So this is all important to our industry, which was kind of lost for the last three years. Yeah, for the most. that's true. So well, um, and you, you never know. It's, know. Good, it's mean, good to see that come back, and I think twenty twenty four is going to be even greater just because of that aspect of the business coming back. But you know what. <sighs> You know, one thing our industry doesn't seem to pay a lot of attention to, but I've had, and again, you're the the fifth sponsor now that we've talked to about this stuff, um, but I've had a lot of people concerned about the election year, the E-word, uh, about the R-word recession. Um, not, not concerned like tours are going to cancel or anything, but it could impact things like what you just said, the corporate stuff that's been coming back. It wouldn't take yeah. much for for wars and all of these crazy geopolitical things that we've got going on in the world to sort of upset what's happening. It, it certainly could, and interest rates are not fun to deal with right now, too. That's all. That's also something that we have to consider. Um, that there might not be as much purchasing next year just because of of the the interest rates. But that um, could help you. That could play right into that, your that, hands that, as that, COVID that, did. That could, but that, that's know? where that's where Mainlight's going to help out a lot of people is whenever companies have reached their capex, capex, et cetera. You know, yeah. we're we're going to yeah, have yeah. the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. You know, that's what we're we're where we're here to help. So. It's always, is, uh, is I'm looking forward chain, to 2024. Has supply chain still been an issue for you guys in 23 or, or that's pretty much settled? Beginning of the year, we were definitely seeing it, but in the, in the first three to four months and then the, like the last six months, it's gotten a lot better yeah. in 2023 with getting the parts we need to keep the lights out working. Like yeah. That. So yeah, it's much better the second half of the year. That's good. So you're expecting this year more of the same, or or do you think 24 is going to be wildly different? Uh, do you think it's going to keep growing? Is it going to be flat? I think it's if it's going to grow, it's going to grow a little bit. You know, there's I think there's going to be there's going to be larger tours this year that didn't happen last year because people are 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 more comfortable with it. 
you know yeah. so there's i think there's going to be there's going to be more um stadium tours next year more and that's bigger wild. acts coming out that's wild. So, you know the number of stadium tours blows my mind i talk about it all the time on my podcast like the fact that motley crew is doing stadiums you mm-hmm. know and and the weekend and all of these acts that to me are arena acts are are out filling stadiums right now there's such an appetite for live music there certainly is there certainly is an appetite for it you know and that's great for our industry (laughs) oh yeah yeah, we we had we had a great run with uh with a customer of ours and a comedian this past year so you know it's 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 all it's business is all there yeah yeah and uh you know, apparently, like if you listen to to uh, Live Nation, it's growing. You know, like they think that there's a huge amount of of untapped uh, potential still to grow for live events. So, you know, hey, I mean, there's uh, going to continue to be a shortage of equipment this year. Apparently, so Mainlight is going to capitalize <laughs> on that. I'm guessing um, we're here to help for sure. So give me, give me a big prediction, uh, anything, you know, a, a tour that might get a band getting put back together, a market trend, like lights coming from outer space. I don't know, but anything, you, you, you know, may, maybe, uh, maybe we could get something to happen like Virgin Atlantic and ELO to come out, you know, where we do the first show in outer space, where we build, where we build an arena in outer space and we float it out there and we have Richard Branson fly people out to it and, that's and we incredible. have like one of the most spectacular yellow shows ever. You know, that's that the kind of stuff fun. that I would like. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. I don't know if I know a ticket, but <laughs> but I, for real, you know, I'm I'm a big I like the old school bands like Electric Light or I'd love to see Jeff Lynn bring it back out again and that's cool. with the production with the production it deserves something like that. You know, I uh, speaking of old school bands, I just started listening to a podcast uh, that was recommended to me. Um, where the heck is it? Uh, it was, I wasn't recommended to me. I was listening to Rick Rubin talking somewhere and Rick Rubin mentioned, uh, this podcast called a history of rock music in 500 songs. It's incredible. It's, uh, it's a British, that sounds guy, really cool. British guy named Andrew Hickey. And, and like every episode, like I just listened to the episode about Hey Jude and it goes into way more than Hey Jude, but you know, I don't know that much. Beatles history, you know, because I was never a massive Beatles fan, but it's so interesting. Like I learned so much in a in a ninety minute podcast or whatever. But, yeah, send uh, me the link. I'd like to check that out. Yeah, I will. I'll send it to you. <laughs> For sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what about product trends? Anything? Do you do you see anything evolving, changing? Like I'll give you one thing that I've noticed, and I wasn't at LDI, but. I've paid a lot of attention to what went on at LDI and there's this new thing where it's lumens per pound or lumens per kilogram or whatever, where lights are getting smaller and lighter. Uh, you know, like that little Mac, which I'm sure you'll have thousands of them in your inventory. Oh yeah. And you know, that's kind of what I was thinking is, yeah, it's, it's all the product trend, you know, like the Martin Mac one and it's, it's getting as much punch as you can out of the small, out of a small fixture. We have, there's a lot of large fixtures with, with a lot of lumens out there right now. They've stepped it up in the led market for sure. Yeah. Um, but now we need to, it's, it's now the small fixture that's going to, that we, that people are looking for with that punch. Um, so I think that's going to be an important, 
uh, trends for the, what about for the- what about IP ratings? Like, you know, are do you see us getting close to a point where people won't buy fixtures that aren't IP? You know, we're kind of in that boat where, of course, a majority of our inventory is being pushed in that direction because of what we do in dry hire. You, you want to make sure that the equipment stays in good shape yeah. um, and the IP rated fixtures are the way to do it. Um, you know, it makes total sense. It all really depends on, you know, where you're doing your shows mostly. Yeah. Um, well, it, it makes you so much more flexible and versatile, too, because like if you have, for example, let's say you're down to your last 12 lights in your shop and they're IP fixtures, you can use IP fixtures indoors, but you can't use non-IP fixtures outdoors true. without covering Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the, the reasoning we, we had behind whenever we decided to, to jump heavier into IP in, in the 2023 yeah. and 2022, of course. Yeah, and oh. now some of the stuff coming out either from Elation or even Chauvet, uh, certainly Ayrton, IP fixtures are not as expensive as they were. Like they used to be 30% more than a non-IP fixture. They're not as heavy as they were. They used not to be as heavy. That's, so much heavier. The, the weight is the huge thing. And that's what kept us out of the IP market originally was, you know, we had a few fixtures, but by God, whenever you're putting them on the trusses to test them and things, it's just like, well, we can't have too many of these. So. Yeah. But yeah. with with the with the weights coming down, that's that's probably the most important part in my opinion was yeah. was the fact that we were able to, to get the weights down. Yeah, huge. Yes. Do you have any uh do you have any role in the selection of equipment? Like is is it by committee? Is there are you part of a committee that determines? Essentially, yes. You know, we, we get we get requests all the time for stuff that we don't have and we keep we keep a list of, of the items that people are asking for and as that list grows, we look at that list seriously as as what to consider for our next purchase. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I'm a big part of, of of what we purchase in the future just based yeah, cool. on requests. Yeah. Yeah, good. You live in Delaware still? I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. I oh, okay. live uh, just south southwest of Lancaster, PA. Cool. Yeah, the farm. Do you, have, do you have to travel to the shops an awful lot? Um, I go into the Delaware office uh, once a month, the New Jersey office every other month. Um, hit Nashville two or three times, four times a year. Yeah. Um, and Vegas two or three times a year. Yeah. Oh, that but makes sense. Mostly work here remotely from home. Well, you guys have such a great team. I mean, it's not like Nashville needs you there uh, or whatever, right? Like, it's nice. Yeah, that it's all about it's and... all about having putting the right people in place and making yeah. sure that the, the job gets done on all yeah. levels, which is what Mainlight does. So yeah. I'm happy to to be working for such a great company. It is a great company, and I'm I'm uh, I'm happy that uh, they're one of our sponsors because when they're not our sponsor anymore, then I'll just talk shit about Canon and I'll say Mainlight's a shitty company. They used to be good. I remember when they were good, but they're not good anymore. Uh, uh, so Always a bonus, bonus question for you, and I don't know if you've ever heard our podcast, but we get, a, we get lighting designers on, front of house engineers, managers, production managers, tour managers, company owners, uh, account execs uh all kinds of people anyone you'd like to see us bring on to uh the podcast um have you ever had mike finnett carroll on i don't believe you have have you no he would be great he's a, he's a good he's a good guy great personality good person to talk to uh i would recommend mike finn finnett carroll the only reason i know mike finn is is through cosmo 
posting thousands of pictures of him and Mike. And uh, he's a great guy. If you could do me a favor and just uh, shoot me back an email with his email address, that would be super helpful. And we'll for just sure. reach out to him and see if he's interested in jumping on. That would be really Absolutely. cool. Thanks, thanks for that suggestion. Well, Happy yep. New Year, and thanks for taking the time to do this. We appreciate you jumping in and doing it, and we appreciate Mainlight very much. And uh, Happy New Year, and yeah. thank you. All right, my friend. See ya. All right, Marcel. Well, Cheers. we appreciate it. Take yeah. care. Thanks, man. All right, bye-bye.